Hi, everybody, and welcome to El Valle Bajo, El Valle Bajo podcast. Uh, we have a special podcast today. We have Pablo Barrera, our alumni here. Uh, we have two uh, constituents joining us for a town hall with Pablo Barrera. So I want to thank everybody here, Ms. Cobos, uh, Ms. Amanda, and uh, Pablo for joining us here. How are you guys doing today? Yay, we're doing good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. This is Pablo's first town hall. Um, we want to make sure that the community knows that Pablo is uh, approachable. Pablo is willing to work with anybody and doesn't hide from constituents. And that's kind of what we have in office right now. So uh, Pablo, would you like to start with anything real quick? Uh, no, I just want to say, you know, thank you ladies for, for coming on. Uh, I want to hear what you guys, you know, have to say, what your concerns are because they are valid to me, especially if I'm trying to seek a, a seat in this position and hopefully God willing, we can win. Uh, it's not an individual race. It's, it's a community race that I'm, I'm advocating for you guys and teachers and students, most importantly. So that's what we want to do. That's, that's what we're here for. And you know, we want to take advantage of this platform and, and help out the community because you guys are the ones that, that matter. It's your guys' uh, taxpayer money. That's true. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pablo. So we're going to start with a little bit of news real quick. Uh, there was uh, uh, something that caught my attention last week from the February uh, 16th meeting. It's marked 21620. Please make sure of that. I, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but we made sure and went back and it's a February 16th, 20, 2020. It's supposed to be 2021. I don't know if that was done on purpose, but there's a teacher who's asking for the American Disabilities Act protections and she has the runaround. So let's start with that real quick. Uh, take a listen. I see members of the board. My name is Gabriela Sanders. I write to you today in reference to an ADA accommodation related to COVID-19, its negative repercussions on my health, if exposed to it. On January 19th, 2021, I emailed my doctor's letter to HR explaining my disability and request for ADA accommodations as prescribed by my physician. I immediately received a reply to fill out a request to work from home form. Within two hours from receiving a receipt of the email, and without my returning the requested paperwork, I received another email from the district stating my request for ADA accommodations was denied. On this day, I was denied the opportunity to submit the form that had been requested two hours earlier by HR. In this email, the district failed to provide me with an explanation as to why my ADA accommodations was denied. In just a matter of minutes, the district demonstrated little thought of care for my serious petition as permitted by the application process and failed to provide the reasons why he denied my request, therefore denying due process. Thus, if the employer denies the originally requested accommodation, HR has a duty to engage in an interactive process. On January 29, 2021, my attorney filed an appeal with the district. On January 30th, 2021, I received an email from my principal informing me that she had discussed my situation with unstated individuals. 
In her email, she asked how she could support me. I emailed her letting her know that I was waiting for her approval on my accommodation and that I was ready to continue to work remotely on Monday, February 1st, 2021. I also replied to my principal that it is my understanding that a principal has the final authority in approving my ADA accommodations. My principal replied within minutes telling me to put in for more sick days and that she would update me if she heard from HR. On February 3rd, 2021, I emailed the district that I nor my lawyer had received further co communication or updates on my appeal. I let the district know that this delay and lack of communication with me leaves me in limbo and has created a hardship as I am losing all my sick days. I also added that my students continue to suffer from educational interruptions, especially with a soon approaching benchmark testing date. Furthermore, I let the district know that I do not wish any retaliation for this email as I am pleading for my health, my students' interest, and my livelihood. This is the second part to her email that her husband sent. Um, so that happened on February 16th, uh, 2021. A teacher's pleading for her job, a teacher's pleading to get um, she does have a condition. She has a doctor's note. Pablo, this is this is uh, concerning because we have somebody who is asking for help, who is reaching out and saying, "I have a doctor's note. I'm I need your help," but the district seems like they haven't done much for her, and people can say it's an HR problem. But as a trustee, you do have a lot of, of things and, and situations where you come up to this. What do you What do you think? I mean, I can I can talk through actual experience. Um, it's very unfortunate that she's put in that predicament. Um, I'm gonna say it for what it is. Is that in my experience, I had it happen where they the HR wanted to act as if they were the the medical pers uh, personnel. Right. And it seems like that's kind of the case here is that they want to act like they're the medical professional, which they're not. That's why you go see the doctor. That's why the doctor diagnoses you, gives you all that prognosis and stuff like that. And you go through the proper channels. And I mean, if the doctor says you can't be in, but yet we still have this remote, why can't you give that teacher that accommodation? You know, why is it so, why is it so hard? Why are they pushing so hard? We want teachers back in the classroom. And, but yet they don't want to, you know, I don't see the district fighting and advocating for getting the, the teachers, the vaccinations, you know, being at the front of the line. And I know that they were promoting that out there that, you know, oh, we're going to get, you know, vaccinations and stuff like that. But I get, I have yet to see anybody really get vaccinated or the teachers being, you know, first in line, you know, and, right. and then we're going to help the community. That's fine and dandy, but what about helping your own teachers too? And that's where I, I always go back to, and I've always talked to you about it. It goes, it boils back down to to leadership, and and yeah, I mean, if I had a a teacher that came to me with that concern, that is a valid concern, and, and that's something that we need to address immediately. And it shouldn't even have gone up to to the board meeting, in my opinion. Right. With at the HR level, like that. Right. And 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 you bring up a good point. Uh, SISD did uh, partner with Immunization El Paso, um, but 
they're not doing it for the teachers. They're doing it for the community, which is fine and dandy. But when you use taxpayer money for for to help everybody else, not the teachers, that's going to hurt a little bit on the teachers because they made it seem like the teachers are going to get vaccinated, but they not they weren't vaccinated unless you were qualified for that. So that's where we start here right now with our town hall today. Uh, Mr. Venegas joined us. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Um, and we're here and, you know, we're here to talk about our uh, Pablo Barrera's uh, District 5 constituent, District 5 um, candidate for District 5 for school board against Gary Gandara. I whisper because it's not a joke, but Mr. Gandara doesn't like everybody to know his last name. And that's an issue. And that that's an issue he has to deal with. We don't. But his, his, his last name is hidden on his signs. Now, uh, the next point we're going to hit is that, that I want to talk to people about is that constituents are the bosses. If you're having a town hall, you're answering like this, then you're right now during the COVID, you're answering to the people that elect you. And, and here on the show, if you follow us, we do that because uh, we're constituents of the city of Socorro. And we have our own council, our own municipality, and we are right now, our, our elected officials treat us like the enemy of the state because we are asking, we're checking, we're telling them, you're not doing that, you need to do this because we are the bosses and town halls like this, which if Pablo is elected, when he gets elected, will he have often? Because our, our, our representative right now doesn't like to be called out doesn't like to be asked questions. He doesn't even use school email. He uses a Gmail, which is very, very odd for anybody. And and that's something that we gotta we gotta we gotta figure out why he uses his personal email because he can delete emails or whatever. Um, and also, Pablo, you have a, two big forums coming up: one with AFT, one with SEA. Those are things that are going to come up. And I, I'm a strong believer in the unions. Uh, I belong to a union. I'm a teacher. I believe that the unions are the best uh, to fight for us. Maybe not all, not all unions are the same, but they all should listen to their members. And not because some person calls you and says, I don't like this situation because I've been in situations where like that, where we need to be friends with people. Well, it doesn't work that way. It works when members pick. And that's what's going to happen for, for Pablo in the upcoming days. Now, we're going to move from that and going to, to something, to a Twitter page that uh, Environmental Podcast got called out on. And we're going to look at this Twitter page right now before we get into anything else. And we're going to talk about it, Pablo. And we're going to, me and Pablo are going to discuss what's happening. And this page, and this Twitter belongs to Rodrigo Martinez. Uh, Rodrigo Martinez's first tweet was February 21st. Rodrigo Martinez um, only has uh, 15 followers now. And one of them is in Baja podcast. And he did, he did uh, a tag us on that. And Pablo Barrera, Pablo for uh, his personal and his, his candidate uh, Twitter page. And he wrote, it's a disgrace to have the person wanting to, to, to get a seat on the SISD board and having Paul Garcia and David Morales on the back of everything. And he did tag El Valle Baje podcast, Pablo for e Paul Garcia, vote David Morales, 
your wife as well, Pablo, which got personal. And you yourself, your, your personal Twitter page, he does put these pictures of something. He does put a picture of your wife's uh, support for Pablo, for I'm sorry, for Paul Garcia when he ran and when he actually congratulated him when he ran. But the picture that's concerning and you've been attacked on is something you posted August 3rd, 2012. It says, it's just a circle with a pink with some words on it. It says, I come, I F uh, stuff up. I stick around and enjoy the chaos. So that you posted that nine years ago and they had to go through your, somebody took a lot of work to go to your Facebook to find that. And I find that amusing because it's, it's amusing overall. So what do you say to that, Paolo? What do you think? You know, people, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not the guy I was uh, nine years ago. And my wife can tell you that. And I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, a general contractor stole $7,000 from me. And I snapped. And that's what got me into city council. And those things happened. That happened about five years ago. So I'm not the same person I was before. And I, and, and, and I know you're not as well. Uh, we've been friends for a while now. What is your response to that, Pablo? So, I mean, when you, when you think about it, let's go back nine years. Nine years ago, not even my oldest child was, she was barely either first grader or kinder, right? Right. So I didn't have any, you know, my mentality was different then. Um, my, like I said, my, my oldest one was, was a kinder first grader. So, I mean, I didn't have any issues. I didn't see any problems. I wasn't that, honestly, I wasn't that involved in the education system at the time because I entrusted that the education system was going to be doing right. So, I mean, yeah, from nine, you know, going back nine years to now, mm -hmm. a lot of people mature. I mean, you know, even here, people here that are here, you know, they've matured, they've experienced a lot of nine years and things make you change. Things make you grow as a human being, you see more things. So you have more compassion, more love for, for one another. Right. And, I mean, the last thing I want to say on this is if you have to go back nine years to try to find something and it's just a comment like that, that you want to bring up from nine years ago, then I guess you're really desperate, you know, and trying to find information on me. Cause I'm going to tell you one thing, you're not going to find information on me at all. Nothing negative. The only thing you might find on me is a speeding ticket I had when I was 16 and I'll, I'll even go a little bit. Right. Dare you. So, I'm a, last thing that I'm going to add to that is from the age of 18 all the way up until I retired, I've always been investigated by the, by the federal government. One, when I was in the military, I needed secret clearance. So I got investigated by the FBI and they're the ones that even questioned me about a speeding ticket. That's how thorough they were making sure, Hey, can we trust this guy with so with sensitive information, you know, highly classified information. And they granted me the secret clearance. So obviously in that clearance I had for 10 years. Um, and then I go into the federal law enforcement side and they had to investigate me every five years. So I had three investigations that they did every five years and I passed every single one of them. So, you know, when you look at it, it's like, I, you're not going to find anything. My background is, is squeaky clean at the end of the day. So, I mean, look all you want, look all you want. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. If you get if you get a federal 
If Rodrigo Martinez was federally investigated, would he pass? I don't know. Would Gary Candera pass? Probably not. I, I don't know either. So if we want to play that game, then let's let's put a federal investigation on all the candidates. So real quick, so we can get to our questions. He did retweet Cindy Najera, which, okay, so she supports Cindy Najera. Uh, he does retweet Socorro AFT. Hmm. Cool. Uh, oh, he attacks Mr. Will Carrasco and it says, I thought I was the only one. I thought Will Carrasco was the only one with a good background for SISD board. I wonder why, how, and his wife got teacher of the year after not even completing one full year with Clint ISD. Is she employed at the school where Bolt Morales' wife, Lucia Morales, works? So this guy gets real personal on these tweets. And, and I, I would be real careful with that. And because we know your name is not Rodrigo Martinez because you're not that dumb. And you do know a lot about situations. So, and also he attacks Mr. Garcia, Paul Garcia. He goes, you talk and pretend about integrity, loyalty, unity, and family. Why don't you apply this? Everyone knows you don't talk to any person of your immediate family, your mom, dad, your brother, at Charlie Garcia, BA. Why? Start applying what you speak. So this man, Rodrigo Martinez, I did send him a direct message. And I did ask him, if you have concerns, come on to the podcast, because that's the way we roll around here. Uh, and, and listen, you'll, you'll love the, the podcast we have next door or after this, because somebody said they wanted to come on and then they said they didn't want to come on. And, and that's what we want here is full transparency. If you have a problem with anything we say, because we do check our facts, we do cross our eyes and check our T's. I said that wrong, but that's who they are. Now, my problem is who's following this guy. So Daniela Avila, a AT Trucking, uh, I'm guessing she has something to do with Gary, Miss Veronica Killings at HR, uh, Maria Rodriguez, Proud Mustang Mom, Debbie Luevanos, uh, Socorro ISD Cactus Trail. Uh, so Cindy Nakeda follows him. Uh huh. Uh, Proud Socorro Parent, David Ayala. SEA follows him, which I find kind of weird. Mr. Desi Gonzalez. Uh, myself, the podcast, Pablo Ferret, and and Freddie Kel Avalo. So, just to and let I think you the know, HR director, no, the HR director, no, the HR director, the HR, uh, Miss Killings is the risk management coordinator. Mr. Campoya, I think, was on there too. Not anymore. Oh, really? So, just to let you know, I did reach out to Mr. Rodrigo Martinez and I said, Hey, you got a problem? Bring it on. You tag the podcast. So that's where we're at right now. And that's the way we do things around here. If you have a problem with whatever we say, we invite you to come on. We make a special time for you. And we we air it out. And we're happy to bring anybody on. But most people don't want to come on for some reason. So uh, that's it for that. I thank you for your time. That did take about 19, 20 minutes. Uh, we do have... Ms. Viegas, Mr. Venegas, and Ms. Scoble here for our first town hall since Ms. Amanda Viegas was our first person to get on. 
And it's really cool that she works for the postal service because my compadre does as well. And I have great respect for our postal service. Uh, Ms. Uh, Vinegas, do you have any questions for Mr. Barrera? I guess she... She left. She left. Or there you go. Oh, there she's coming back. She's coming back. There you go. Hello. Ms. Viegas. Ms. Viegas. There we okay. go. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we got you back, though. You have a question for Mr. Pablo Barrera? Hold on, sorry. That's okay. That was actually the school calling me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, more more of a comment. I just think that's hilarious that these undercover people are trying to ruffle feathers because I think it's actually, by them doing that, it seems like they feel threatened. And that's that's a tactic that they use when they get desperate. So I feel like Pablo's doing something right and they're getting scared. So that's how they retaliate, which is sad. Um, I like the fact that you said, I, I, you know, the concept of we hire these people, these constituents with our votes, you know? So uh, we need to take our concerns more seriously. Um, we're the taxpayers and we're the ones who vote them in. And it's pretty funny too that, you know, uh, Gandara, I'll yell his name out because if he doesn't want to, I will, is, is kind of a coward in hiding his last name because of his family history. So I'm pretty sure he's nervous about that, obviously, with his signage. Right. Uh, and that's, he's not transparent. With an email, a Gmail, that's not his transparent constituent. That should be a red flag to yes. our taxpayers. Yes, ma'am. And those that's are things... Thank you. That, those are things that we talk about a lot. We we hit on a lot. He has a Gmail instead of an sisd.net email. And that that's that's non-ethical, non-transparent. I've emailed him myself, never gotten a response. I am a constituent of his. And those are things that we're getting that 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 you get with somebody with a last name Gandara. And, and it, it, they just like to be in office to see um, what they can get out of it. And it's off our backs and especially the people who live in Socorro and, 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 and that happens. So um, thank you, Ms. Ms. Uh, Viegas right. for that comment. Uh, Ms. Cobos, do you have a question for uh, Mr. Barrera? Um, going on to... Uh, a new topic. I think it's a great season for change. Uh, definitely, Socorro needs a new change. Um, where's Where's all of our money going? I I don't see I don't see roads being changed. I don't see I don't see the schools being remodeled in a in a faster way as they said they would. Uh, where Where's all of this money going? I would like to ask uh, Mr. Pablo how how can you relate most to our community? How do you get, how will you get the community to trust you? Through transparency and, you know, townhouse like this, this is where, you know, I, I wanna empower, I think that's what Alex and I have always talked about is at the end of the day, I, I don't, if I'm, getting, if I'm elected into that seat, 
I only have four years to make a change because I don't know what's going to sit for the next four years. So during those four years, my goal is to be as transparent as possible to advocate for the constituents, for the teachers, for the students as much as possible. And if the cabinet or, you know, superintendent don't like it, hey, you know what, I was elected by the people to, to advocate for them and be their voice. And that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, you know, we said earlier, I have, we have an absentee trustee right now. That's exactly what we have. And that's exactly, I'm going to do the exact opposite of that. I'm going to be involved in the community. I want to give parents and teachers wings to advocate for themselves. I want to educate them and let them know these are your rights. Fight for your rights. I will advocate to, with you and for you to the best of my ability because after those four years, if I am not elected again, I want to leave you with wings to be able to fly and fight for your kids' education because of one, that's your kid's right. That's your 14th, that's your child's 14th amendment. And I mean, ask other people if they know that it's, you know, education is your 14th amendment. I'm pretty sure um, most of our, our trustees probably don't even know that, um, but that's your 14th amendment. And I wanna give you the wings to say, hey, look, this is what you should be looking for. This is what you should be asking for. And when you do that and you empower people, they get to hold you or me accountable, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with being held accountable and say, hey, you said you were gonna do this. Hey, you said you were gonna do that. I, I, and I will do everything that's in my God-given power to advocate for you guys. And when I'm transparent, you guys will see, hey, you know what? He's not lying. He's not hiding anything. He's doing the best that he can, but that's where I need you guys to come in as a community, go to those school board meetings. And I want your guys' voices to be heard so that when I just, I'm not just one voice at the table, it's just what they actually put a face, not only to me, but to you guys. And they're like, hey, you know what? His constituents mean business. They want change. They want school changes. They want better uh, education. They want equality down there or wherever you're at. And that's what I want to bring. That's what I know I can bring. Thank you, Pablo. Awesome. I'm sorry, Ms. Cobos. I was just saying that's incredible. I totally agree. It's been so long. I I believe the people from Socorro have forgotten that they have a voice. And that's why we started this podcast. And, and I'll tell you the little story behind it. Me and Pablo were working on some things and we were talking about, um, you know, what happened. And they were, they were, they were about to send the kids back to school. And Pablo and I started talking. I'm like, no. You're not sending the what? kids back to school because COVID is still rampant. And the thing is, they weren't going to send uh, the kids from above the freeway to school. They were going to send our kids, the kids below the freeway, the kids that, that mom says yes to everything because she doesn't understand. And, and the thing is, we don't have health care down here. We don't. That's honest to God. We don't have health care. Me and Paula are blessed that we have uh, jobs and we have, uh, but others don't don't have the voice that we have. And that's why we're here. That's why we started the podcast and a really bad podcast at the first, but it got things changed. It was, and those are things that we changed. Pablo and I said, let's do it. Remember Pablo? We just yeah. jumped into it and said, let's do it. And guess what happened? They didn't make the kids go back and guess, then we fought again. And guess what happened? They didn't send the teachers back. 
And those are the things that Pablo's been fighting even before he was thinking of running for office. That's the advocacy that we have here. And that's why we have this little podcast that, that we need to do because there needs to be a voice in Socorro or in the Valley or wherever you guys live. And, and those are things that, that we have here. And now I call Pablo the alumni because that's who he is. He learned what we needed to do and he saw a, a, a need and he said, I'm out, bro. I'm out. I'm like, dude, go for it. But that's what we need to do more of is advocate for our kids below the freeway. And, and, and to be very honest, they didn't have the, they didn't have the laptops. And that's why we fought. There's a new story on it. If you don't believe us, there's a new story on it. Shelby Cap did it for uh, Channel 9. They don't have the internet and they don't have um, the, laptops. the laptops. And we fought that. And we knew two districts that tried to help Socorro. And they said, no, Clint and Isleta. And we have that. And those are things that we need to change. And we thought about that. And, and that's there's a longer story about that. So, Mr. Vinegas, how are you doing, sir? Can you guys hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. You I'm doing good. This guy? You know, uh, you know, Claudia, you know, she 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 stole my question. You know, <laughs> we just moved on this side of town. So, you know, we we just started seeing the taxes, and I noticed that Socorro uh district was our highest taxes. And 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 I have three kids, so I don't mind paying taxes because I know it's going to their education, so it's not a bother. But it is, you know, we do want to know where it's going, like. And then one thing that, you know, we always talk about, too, is, uh, you know, our special need kids. You know, that's one thing. Well, how much power does the trustee have to help those kids that are in special needs? Because you have kids that, you know, that they're suffering from, uh, you know, AD, ADD. They're suffering from restless syndrome, uh, leg syndrome. And we just can't, and people like me, we just can't pay attention because our minds are going a million miles an hour. Right. So it's you know it's 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 just a freeway that's just like this. So uh, you need somebody that can kind of. <clears throat> but the crazy thing about this is that something always grabs our attention. So you need a teacher to find out what is that something that's going to grab our attention, so they can utilize that to help us learn. And right. how much power will the trustee have to uh, even make that even possible? Pablo. So thank you, the, <laughs> thank you, Daniel, for your for your question, Mr. Venegas. Uh, so the trustee itself, I as an individual don't have the complete power to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. But as a voice that sits on the board, I have enough power or influence to sit there and have that conversation with the superintendent and ask them, hey, where is our SPED department headed to? Um, and I do want to go a little bit personal here. Um, I know what it's like to have a, a special, you know, someone who's an identified student and you know whether it's adhd you know autistic or whatever your child may have or a child may have you know it's it's rough on them and they learn differently um and this one size fits all um is not good for everybody we need to look at at an approach where how is this child going to learn we need to be able to adapt to that child and make sure that we don't leave them behind because if we leave them behind, we leave them prone to, to getting into problems or things that they shouldn't be getting into down the future. And, and as an education system, that's our responsibility to make sure that every single child is educated. 
that we don't leave literally not one rock unturned. We got to turn every rock over for these kids. I don't care if you're a child that doesn't, you know, have is not identified. But if you're a child that is identified, man, we got to look out after you. We have to do our part as like the, the same goals. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. And it literally does. It really does. Because I mean, education is part, it consists of that village and raising that child. So that is one thing that is, you know, that's one thing that Alex and I have talked about. And that's actually one of my passions that I have is I want to, to beef up the, the special ed department if I'm able to get in there because I don't want to leave those identified children behind at all. I want them to have that level playing field just as their peers do and give them that fighting chance at life because sometimes that's, that's all they have. You know, when the saying goes like, hey, sometimes these kids, all they have is uh, the meal that they have for lunch and that's all they have or not and now breakfast, you know, it goes back to the same thing. Maybe the education system is all they have, unfortunately, because maybe they're with grandma and grandpa and they don't, there's that language barrier and they're trying to do the best that they can to raise their grandchildren. So there's just so many things, variables that are at play that the school district can and should take the responsibility on of making sure that these kids get educated. You know, those identified kids, they, it hits home. I'll tell you that much. It, it really hits home. And that is something very near and dear personal to me. And that is one of the reasons um, why I've become very more advocate and, and advocating for these kids and for kids just period. It doesn't matter if you're uh, an identified child or not, you know, and even advocating for teachers because you just, the more you talk, teachers do tell you, it's because we try to help these, these identified students. So we try to help just any student. And, and there's just so much red tape that's, that doesn't allow them to teach. And I want teachers to teach. I want to, I want to remove unneeded and unwanted loads on your back because you're going to burn out. I don't want you to burn out. I want you to, to endure that long race and help these kids and, and keep you rejuvenated and refreshed and, and keep you in that fight for these kids, for their lives and your livelihood, you know, and that's at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for is, is for the kids and the teachers. And, you know, like I said, it's the special ed department is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. Honestly, it really does. Thank you, Mr. Nair. That's a great question. And as a special educator, I know I talked to Paulo a lot. We talk a lot about, about that. And, and it, it, it takes a, a special teacher it takes a special administration to really know how to work with kids. And, and I think um, sometimes we're handcuffed by the federal regulations, but it, it's, it, it'll get there. And I think, I think Pablo has a lot more power uh, when he does get in there and to just say, hey, this is what our concerns in and he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. Um, we're going back. Anybody else have a question? No? Okay. So, Pablo, uh, we've come to the end of our first town hall, which I think is awesome. Uh, this is something that your challenger, Gary Gandara, doesn't want, doesn't, hasn't had in eight years, nine years. Um, he uses his Gmail. He's, you know, he doesn't do much. And, and you know, don't let them fool you. And I'll tell you something personal about us is that the new Socorro high school is not because of him. It's because of Rene Rodriguez and myself who fought to bring Socorro. They weren't going to vote Socorro high school in. 
and they didn't know what they were getting when they they let us into that to that 50 person uh uh committee committee and there's only two of us fighting there's only two of us and i said something like well maybe the alcu would like to understand why socorro high school the below the freeway doesn't have a new high school and everybody else does so don't let them fool you with that because i was there i was there about that and, and i've told pablo many of times he can't take credit for that we fought for that he just voted yes for it but when you do the dirty work of, of six weeks of 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 that that you take pride in that so pablo any last words buddy i mean that was great the special ed thing as a special ed teacher, I, I, I get excited because I would want you there to help Thank us you. become better teachers and take loads off our backs and, and things like that. Uh, that gets me really excited as an educator. So uh, any last words for our, our audience that we do have? Um, and I think you guys, I want to say, you know, you guys, at the end of the day, are, are you guys are valuable. You guys are the assets. You guys, I can't we cannot bring the school district forward and into the future if i don't incorporate you the parents you the taxpayer you the students and you the teachers if i don't incorporate you and i don't have that dialogue with any of you guys how do i drive or help drive that or steer that ship into the future i need you guys i need you guys as much as as i, I need you guys more than you guys need me at the end of the day and I can only do that if we come to, together collectively as a whole and we steer the, the rudder of the ship and we get it going in the in the right direction. So, you know, my door was is always gonna be open to to the constituents. You know, I'm I'm retired. So I have I have the time to sit and go and visit these campuses and these teachers and students and see what you guys what your all's needs are and your parents too, because at the end of the day, you guys know what your student needs. And I want to hear it, you know, and and I want to be that voice for you guys on that on that seat on that board because that's what you guys need and that's what's lacking right now. None of these personal agendas or I got something hidden behind closed doors. No, it's for you guys. I I, I don't have anything. This is this is strictly volunteer that I'm willing to. My my wife and kids are on board and we're willing to give up our time to to help others that need that or that don't have that knowledge on how the education system should be working for their child or how the education system should be working for you as a teacher. So thank you guys. You guys are very valuable and I look forward to hopefully seeing you guys in the near future. Thank Take you care. very much, Pablo. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Villegas, Ms. Cobos. We appreciate you. These, these are the kind of shenanigans me and Pablo pull. Um, we don't, we don't know sometimes what we're doing, but I go, let's do it. Why not? You know, look at what harm could it bring? Um, another invitation to Rodrigo Martinez at Rodrigo Martinez, bro. If you want to tweet at us, come on the show, tell us to our face. We're big boys, big girls here. We take it all. We love it, but don't be tweeting behind somebody else because we want you to come out and tell us, Hey, you are horrible because of this or you're horrible because of that. And we know who you're, who you're supporting. That's cool. We don't mind that. But as long as we can talk about it, okay? Mr. Villegas, Mrs. Villegas, thank you so much. Everybody who's listening, thank you so much. Uh, we will have another one next month. Hopefully we can have 
four people. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. We'll see Thank you guys you. later. Ladies Bye-bye. and gentlemen. Bye.